Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In this episode today, we are going to be going over the matches from the previous weekend, doing some predictions for the final week of qualifiers for Major 3, talking about some unfortunate news regarding uh, the guard in esports and in COD in general, um, talking about some Major 4 news, some overall news, ranked play updates, our thoughts on some of the talks around the community and ranked play as a whole. And then we're going to get you guys out of here um, and look forward to next week when we get the major and we do our major predictions. Um, if you guys enjoy this one, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. We're about 75 subs off of that 1,000 goal that we set before the start of the season. Um, and then if you guys are on the audio platforms, drop a follow, drop a five-star review on there. We've been mentioning the last few weeks that views are slow on YouTube this time of year for COD. However, it's like the forgotten child over there on the audio platforms on like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and stuff like that. It seems to be like you know, we're more focused on YouTube sometimes. But the last two episodes on audio platforms have broken each other's record. The one from two weeks ago broke our record for the most listens. And then the one from this previous week broke that record for the most listens. So the audio platform seems to be thriving while YouTube is struggling at this time of year and the algorithm struggling. So shout out to you guys that are listening over there on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, on any other platform. Thank you guys so mm-hmm. much for that. And Brock, let's dive into it. How are you doing today? Um, doing doing pretty good. Besides the weather in Wisconsin is pretty, pretty terrible. But yeah, mm-hmm. typical. Other than that, no, doing pretty good. Great place fun for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, we got like a foot of snow last week, and I thought we were done. And then all of a sudden, I was talking to my dad, and he's like, yeah, we're getting another snowstorm on Monday. And then this... This storm wasn't even like a snowstorm until like about an hour ago. It was literally just freezing rain. Yeah, like it started sleeting now. Yeah, it sounded like it was like pouring outside when it was hitting my window, and I'm like, "Is like is it <clears throat> raining?" And then nope, it's just freezing rain hits the ground, turns into slush, makes it impossible to drive. So it's not a fun time. Yep. All right, let's dive into this. We got we're gonna start with the bad news, the negative news, get it out of the way, so we can bad news talk about uh more positive stuff for the rest of the podcast but the first news i think it's been the big news and the talk of um well a lot of esports in general but especially in the call of duty scene we've been talking about this a lot it's it's the guard if you don't know who that is it's the parent company of uh like lag i believe la gladiators and overwatch league right you know overwatch league better than i do and then they also have a valorant team and i'm pretty sure they're in a maybe league they're in a few other esports i know that for sure Mm -hmm. um I'm not too familiar with many of the ones besides Valorant, Overwatch, and Call of Duty. And they basically just laid off every employee at the esports division of the company because it is like a division of Cronky, like sports entertainment, I believe they're called, which is, I mean, they own a million things. They own like the Colorado Avalanche. Um, I think they own the Rockies. Maybe they own the Rams for sure. They own like a ton of sports teams. Arsenal, I think. Uh, maybe. They own like a ridiculous amount of sports teams. Yeah. Cronky, Stan Cronky, ridiculously wealthy owner. Um, and they basically just laid off every single employee. It seems like without warning, it seems like they weren't even helping them to get new jobs. Like you're supposed to do in a situation of just laying somebody off. Um, and it just sucks because not only does it suck for obviously the standpoint of um, the CDL and the future of whatever esports they're in, but more so and more importantly, it sucks for the people that were all laid off, you know, no notice mm-hmm. a lot of these people were tweeting about how they like moved their family out to la like a month ago to start this new job and now they just moved out there maybe rented an apartment maybe even bought a home and now all of a sudden they're just out of a job yeah i just without notice yeah it's just not, not what you're gonna want <laughs> yeah it's not an ideal situation i just like 
I don't understand. It, it doesn't seem to be like a money issue. I'm sure from like what we heard like Zinni and Scum talking about, it sounds like it was like a situation of they were dumping so much money into all their rosters. And you know what the way esports is, mm-hmm. a lot of organizations aren't seeing return on their investment. Yeah, and most, or if not all of them, are losing money. But you kind of come into esports and like these franchise leagues knowing that right away you're probably not going to be turning a profit. You're more in it for the long game. So I don't really mm-hmm. respect organizations that come in, dump a bunch of money, and then just leave all their employees out to dry. Yeah, literally just say, see ya. Because like it's, you don't come into esports thinking you're going to make millions and millions of dollars right away. It's not like it's a sports organization like the NBA or NFL that's been established for years and years and years and years. And it's just a cash cow. Like, Esports is in its infancy right now. You're you can't really expect to just be making boatloads of cash right away. It's more of a you know you get in early for maybe what would be considered a high buy-in price now, but in the long term, you're hoping it grows to like an NBA where it's yeah got ridiculous profit where you bought the team for twenty million dollars or twenty five million or whatever it was at the start, and all of a sudden you're hoping eventually that you get those sports franchise valuations where they're worth millions and millions, if not billions, at some point way down the road. Yeah, they want the profit now, which is doesn't happen in esports for now yeah and i kind of agreed with like what a lot of i heard people saying was honestly a lot of the people probably don't have that much of like a visual on how the esports division is doing because they have teams like the rams and arsenal and massive franchises that are way bigger than the la gorillas to run and mm-hmm. those teams are making billions of dollars and they probably don't even notice then all of a sudden like you know, the LAG and esports expenses, you know, maybe they like lost like a million the first year. Then all of a sudden they lost like three million. And I mean, these numbers are completely made up, but just like to show the scale, maybe all of a sudden they lost 10 million. Like every year, it just like was multiplying how much money they were losing. And eventually somebody looked at it like higher up in the organization. They're like, what are we doing? Like, why are we losing all this money when we have all these sports teams that are so profitable? Yeah. So from like a business standpoint, I guess if you don't want to be in that long term and you're losing money, it makes sense why you'd cut ties, but just it, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way the way they did things. Now we got questions all about you know, what's going to happen with all their esports teams going into next season. I know that that is true. I also feel like the, the guard and LEG, they're pretty uh, popular. Yeah. And among esports teams. Yeah. They like hired all kinds of like what were supposed to be like top tier people in their field. Like uh, from what everybody was saying, they hired like a crazy content team and like editors and, you know, camera crew and all those people to film content and like mm-hmm. they're producing content. So now obviously all that goes away because yeah, they have no employees and it's just it is an odd situation i feel incredibly bad that's like the main thing to take away you feel really bad for all the people yeah lost their job out of nowhere but i wonder what it also says for the future of the cdl you know with a buyer probably having to come in for them you already heard um like what's his name lando norris who uh, as an f1 driver is apparently interested in buying a team and has been for some time and would want to move him to spain um yeah. Then you've got people like Tim the Tatman, who's a partial owner of Complexity, wanting mm-hmm. to get them back in the league. So there are a lot of candidates, but you'd rather have them come with expansion, not at the expense of hundreds of people's jobs. Yeah. And the team is already established. Yeah, but it's a very unfortunate situation, but we can move on. Yeah. Um, just figured we had to talk about that because it was kind of the big news of the week. Um, I guess we kind of have one more thing that is like, what are they doing negative before we jump into more? um major four this happened after we record the last podcast we haven't had a chance to talk about it but it's happening in columbus now with no fans obviously we heard like way early on in the year that it was not going to happen in new york anymore and then we didn't really hear much else about it and now we've been told it's happening in columbus with no fans 
And from what Dens tweeted about how Boston would have liked to host it again, doesn't even seem like maybe it was even brought up to teams to potentially host it because I would like to assume that Optic probably would have loved to host it at the their esports arena in Dallas. Yeah, literally. Um, sounds like Boston would have liked to host it. I'm sure there might be a few other teams that wouldn't have minded hosting it. Um, but it seems very odd. We're going to play without fans. That is a major, major, major L. It's like the Pro-Am last year. <laughs> yeah, it's just not as fun. Even when you're watching at home, it's not as fun. We don't hear like the crowd roaring after a, a nice play or something. I, you know, it just, it's not what you're going to want. But it's unfortunate for that, too. Yeah, it just it, it's a mess. I don't understand what they're thinking. Like live events seem to be one of the ways that they can actually make money mm-hmm. as a CDL, which they seem so, you know, like anxious to do and eager to do. And that's one way you can make money. If you're putting in all the money to host the event, um, you're still gonna have to like pay for the center that you're hosting it at, and you know, pay all like this massive fee to host it there, and like you're gonna have to pay a lot of staff to get there in order to at least make sure all the equipment's running right and to set it up. So you're still paying a lot to have this, um, and now you're not getting the return on investment of people being able to buy passes and buy food there and all that stuff. So you miss you're spending money to get the venue, then not taking any from getting fans and stuff in there. It just makes no sense. Also merchandise sales that would happen on that weekend. If they set a boost, like you're losing a lot of money by not having fans there. If you're going to host it. Yeah, definitely. Makes absolutely zero sense. Um, but welcome to the CDL. A lot of things don't make sense. that They do. Yeah, welcome. Uh, Enjoy your stay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now we can get off the, the stupid negative stuff. And we can get back to things we want to talk about. Ranked play. Um, want to give a little update on our progress on ranked play, what our thoughts are still. Um, then we're going to talk about some things we've heard people like on reverse sweep, the flank, you know, even like the optic watch party. We heard some people talking about stuff that we both have pretty strong opinions on, I think. So we'll get to that. But ranked play thoughts. I, I were what a week or two in now, and I, I still feel like it's a very good ranked play system. You know, we were talking about how bad this would have been if it would have came out in BO4. Uh, not bad, like the system would have been bad, but we would have been playing an insane amount if this came out in like bo3 or bo4 and they had this good of a system we would have been top 250 i mean we were both like our squad in black ops 3 like on the leaderboards we were like in the top 50 yeah like towards the end of the life cycle we were in the top 50 and like the leaderboards unranked um Mm -hmm. and like every category so we like grinded that game despite it having a terrible rank system bo4 same thing we were like always at the top of our ladders just grinding um despite that game also having a terrible rank system so that would have been dangerous, but this system's incredible. We're both what now? I didn't get to play as much as you right away. You're what in Diamond Three? Uh, Diamond Two. Diamond Two, and I'm about to be in Diamond Two. I'm like a few hundred SR off, so you know I haven't been able to play a ton that first week, which kind of hurt me and got me behind. But you know we're both on the road. I think, I think within like a week, you and I both might be in Crimson potentially. Mm, I would say or at so. Least let's... Easily close. We'll be on our way. Yeah. Depending, depending on the who we play with. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. We got, <laughs> yeah. we got a good three, but uh, and you know sometimes our fourth could be a little shaky. Yeah, but overall should be should be t- approaching crimson. I would say by next week. Yeah, our goal was like crimson, maybe iridescent. I think top two fifty is going to be pretty damn hard to hit, just because like top two fifty. Obviously, a there's a massive skill involved. Like you have to be insanely good to get up there. But also, like first of all, there's cheaters, so that hurts your chance of getting up there. Because how many of the people in the top 250 are cheating? But also, it's a lot of about time. Mm-hmm. Like there are streamers and everybody that's playing or challenger players that are playing a lot more. And like even if you're better than them, they just I mean 
they have if they put in eight more hours a day than you they're just bound to get more sr if they're relatively even if they're worse than you they're bound to get more sr because they're playing an extra eight hours a day so the odds that they win a bunch more games to get more sr in there are pretty high compared to you um, where you yeah. have to go perfect but you know our goal crimson maybe iridescent um speaking of playing cool. with three and four people though you want to talk about this Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So on the flank, you know, on the reverse sweep, on the Optic podcast, I hear them, a lot of them complaining about like four stacking and saying you shouldn't even be able to four stack in these games. They're talking about how in Valorant, once you hit like a certain rank, you should only be able to two stack. And I'm passionate about this. I could not disagree with everybody more. And I don't even care what their argument is because the only argument I can hear is the one that Parasite mentioned on the reverse sweep was where he said there should be a separate playlist for four stacking. I can get on board with that, but mm-hmm. if they took four stacking out of the game, I <clears throat> might not even play Call of Duty anymore. Um, and that's not because yeah. I don't like like duo queuing or whatever. Like if you and I are going to play, I don't mind it. But like half the fun of playing games for me is when we get a full squad. Like we all suck at Valorant. We all just started playing keyboard and mouse this year, and we get to, we got to like silver mm-hmm. and like because it was our first keyboard and mouse game ever. But I didn't have that much fun when I was playing with randoms because I just like playing. Like that's what I enjoy doing, getting on with the squad of five of like you, me, three of our friends, just playing and you know like screwing around and doing that. Same thing on COD ranked. I like getting on with the squad of four, you know, playing, having full communication because I'm not a challenger player. That's the only time like I get to play with four. I get if you're in the top two fifty. Why you maybe don't want that because you don't want to be forced to four stack. Yeah. In order to play, but like then you got to make a separate playlist for people to four stack because if they took four stacking completely out, it would be the dumbest thing ever. Literally did that. They did that in World War Two for like the longest time. Yeah, I I remember that. It was like you could only like solo. Was it only like it was, solo I, duo and four? Uh, I thought no, it was you can play with I three was, for a while. I thought it was duo queue for a while. Yeah, and it makes no sense because, like, if I'm not a challenger player, like, you and I will get to, like, Diamond, Crimson, potentially Iridescent. Like, we're pretty far up there. We're definitely not the level of pro or, like, top challenger or anything, but, like, we'll get pretty high up there. Mm-hmm. But, like, if I was, like, a gold player, I can't imagine, like, not being able to four stack. Like, I'd take all the fun out of it. Like, I'm not that good. I just want to get on and play with my friends, like, casually. Like, if you're just, like, a casual group of four and you're like, let's try a rank, but you're only, like, a silver level player. And then you load up and you're like, oh, well, we can't play with our group of four. Sorry. Yeah. Especially because, like, a lot of people probably getting into COD, like, younger, you are playing with all your friends from school. You probably got a group of 10 people that you play with. Mm -hmm. You whittle it down to four. You're, for the first time ever, you see ranked player. Like, let's try this out. Like, it's your first time playing COD. You're probably a bronze player or silver player. Like, you might want to play with that four stack and hop into ranked. But then it tells you you can't just deterred from ranked for life then because you can't play with the squad. Like, it, it makes no sense. I get it. Like I said, at the top 250, maybe you split it up and say you can only four stack in this playlist and you can only one, two, or three stack in this playlist, but I can't imagine where there's no four stack. Yeah, literally. Yeah. I, I play I, so I play solo sometimes, and then like, if someone doesn't come, it's just it's chalked. <laughs> Especially the, this, this year with the no red dots. Or people start yelling at you if you don't get kills and all that. It's, it's not fun playing like without four, I would say. Yeah, and even... Even if like, yeah, it sucks when your teammates aren't coming, but even like from our perspective, like you and I don't play challenges. None of our friends play challenges. None of us are trying to go pro. We play ranked play because we really enjoy. First of all, we're all competitive people and we enjoy doing something competitive, but also just because we like playing with four of us and like we're not playing challengers. So like we like playing with the same four and seeing what progress we can make from the start of the year to the end of the year, just like a challengers team would be. But we're not playing challengers. 
So like, yeah. yeah, all these pros might not want people to force that because they have their team of four that they get to make progress with like day by day. But like, we don't have that because we're not playing challengers. So like, stay away from our four stacks. Let us four stack. Let us play our games. Like, they really want to make a separate playlist. Okay, go ahead. But let us four stack. Stay away from them. Don't touch them. Yeah, yeah, literally, just the team camaraderie of the four just is different. <laughs> yeah, and it's just more fun to play that way. Yeah, um, and I'm sure they'd feel the exact same way if they weren't pro players, yeah, and you know. Yeah. Constantly, because I understand 100%. Like, if I'm solo queuing in the top 250 and running into a team that I saw playing today of Shotzi, Hydra, Skies, and Attach, yeah, I'm going to lose full if I'm solo queuing with no cobs and having to play that team. Like, I, mm-hmm. I get the frustration, but got to see it both ways. Yeah, then you just go pick up your four real quick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Um, That's pretty much it for news, though. It's pretty limited news right now. It's not really like a roster change period, so we don't have a lot of those rumors going on. And, you know, without CDL Intel... <clears throat> You know, he hasn't really been posting as much. And like he said earlier in the year, like he kind of is like taking a step back from doing all the rumor stuff. You know, we don't get as much random rumors throughout the years or throughout the year about who teams are looking at like we used to in the past. So it's a little more quiet on that front throughout the season. But let's talk about some matches from this previous weekend. Maybe not going to dive into all of them. I kind of like the way we did last week where we dove into individual teams here and there and and talked about their weekend. And then we'll do our predictions for this coming weekend. But to start out, uh, let's talk about Atlanta phase first. Um, interesting weekend from them, but I feel like we don't have a lot to talk about with them because uh, their weekend consisted of playing Ravens in Vegas. Uh, didn't get to see them play like a top team, but they handle business. They go six and one map count, although that London series was very close. That was one of the closest three O's I've watched in quite some time. Um, it was like every single map London had a chance to win it. And just couldn't close out a map. They lost 250 to 229 in the hard point, um, 6 5 in the search, and then 3 2 in the control. And they were even closer than like those score lines show that they're close. But every map they had a chance to win and they just lost it. So, FaZe, mm-hmm. impressive to at least close out close maps regardless of who it's against. Um, yeah, FaZe clutching up. Yeah. And then I guess we could talk about London this weekend as well in this match. Um, obviously, they fall to a phase 3-0, which like you see 3-0, you're like, yeah, I expected that. But like we said, maps are close. And then they do take out LAG, who's another bottom team, but it came down to, you know, game five, round 11. And they close them out. So phase, unless you have anything on them, we can just say, you know, they're phase. They're a top contender. They took care of business. Yeah. Phase, I didn't, I believe phase broke the, was it the search record? Yeah. S&D win streak record. That was yeah. also held by Slasher. Yeah. He <laughs> broke his own yeah. record. We witnessed like all of those maps because they were basically all at major two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I got really nothing phase. Just you know, they're moving, they in form. Watch out. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I could not agree more. They're they're in form like we expected them to be. And then on the side of London, you got anything else? Um, like I said, they beat LAG in a game five, and you know. What a lot of people were calling one of the best worst series of the year because it was just mess up after mess up, but it was entertaining because it made mm-hmm. like a lot of the maps close and entertaining. It was like so bad that it was good because both teams yeah. were making so many mistakes yeah. that it was just close. But I saw uh, I saw a thing someone tweeted the battle of the mid. <laughs> yeah, and it's probably lower than mid because these are yeah. maybe the two worst teams in the league. Um, but on the side of London, they went three two. Asim was battling the series. He had like a towel over his shoulder, wiping his face. I think he was like really sick or something. He had a point six mm-hmm. um, in the win, and Scraps had a pop off series. Obviously, he led the lobby in damage, just a little bit behind Joe Deceives, I guess, in damage. Was second in the lobby, but led his team in damage and had a one point two two 
they looked pretty good in this series, although I guess my takeaway for London. Um, not too much. <laughs> they they improved, I guess I'll say. Because they did look good against FaZe, so I'll say they improved, but I, I still don't see them being able to make any noise going forward. Yeah, they did win. Which doesn't happen yeah. too much for them right now. Yeah, which is more than we can say. Regardless of who they beat, they did win, which is a, a rare occurrence for them. And they didn't need an ASIM masterclass to win. Like these yeah. do. They actually had the opposite of an ASIM masterclass. Yeah. He got carried under the weather, but yeah. Scrap Scrap uh, did pretty good. 1.22 for the series. Good for him. Yeah. Good to see him popping off again because I, I hope he's able to stay around on roster because he's an entertaining player. Mm-hmm. Um Let's talk about another team I want to talk about. Let's talk about Toronto Ultras weekend. Probably the best weekend of any team. Um, they played two teams that we would consider to be, you know, our contending teams in the in the contender category in Texas. And the New York Subliners, Optic Texas and the New York Subliners. And they 3-0 them both. Um, they were both kind of in dominant fashion, but particularly the Optic one, they just wiped the floor with Optic. That wasn't even a series. Um, it was dominant, a 250-124 to 124 win. Um, on the hard point, a 6-5 close search where Optic kind of blew it. The Optic was a 5-2 on that map, and they blew it um, mm-hmm. on yep. Vagra, and then 3-0 smoke show on uh, Hotel Control. And they 3-0 them, pretty quick series, and, you know, Toronto. They 3-0 subliners. Um, who was it in that series? Uh, or no, that's what I was thinking of with the series. In that map one, uh, Toronto was up like 240 to like one. 40 or whatever it was like they were blowing yeah, them out in New York almost made like the most crazy comeback they just like <laughs> didn't die for like two straight minutes um but Toronto was able to close it out 250 to 235 but overall Toronto you got to say probably the best weekend of any team 6-0 in optic in New York yeah 6-0 in two two top teams but I want to see them do it on land yeah I mean that's going to be the case until they do it on land yep pretty much everyone but it is regardless of on land or online you know to to six zero two teams that like we would consider Optic and New York probably contenders to win major three mm-hmm. and Toronto three owed them both yeah. so that that's an impressive weekend any way you cut it um, thoughts you know is Hixie kind of a main catalyst for this I I honestly I kind of forgot Hixie was was in there <laughs> and I, I thought I just somehow just glazed over it but you know he must be the you know I don't know <laughs> it's like the bands or something. <laughs> He is. He's like a band. He's a glue guy. I I do see like he has moments where like he pops a crazy two piece and like you see his talent stick out. But like in the optic series, he has a point nine two, which you might not think is the best, you know, whatever. But um, Scrappy at a one point four three, Kleenex at a one point three three in that series. Like he's opening the map for those guys in the second mm-hmm. series. You know, he only had a point seven one um against New York, but Insight had a one point two, Kleenex had a one point two. Like he's just opening up the map and like that's what the players are explaining. Like his comms are excellent according to the players and you can hear it in listen ins. Um and also like he's just opening up the map. Like he does every little dirty work thing. So he allows Kleenex to be unlocked more. And we have known for years and years and years since we saw him at Black Ops Four Champs that Kleenex has like top five sub potential. But it's been yep. a consistency factor with him. And now for the past few matches He's looked extremely good because Hixie is maybe allowing him to just roam free where before Kleenex had a lot uh, of dirty work to do and he had a lot of roaming subs playing with him where like he'd be the entry man and Bance would kind of be the roaming uh, dirty work sub with him. They kind of traded off, which is why they work so well together. But then like with Standy, Kleenex was kind of going in first. Standy was the route man, you know, 
Yeah. Now you get to see him with Hixie, a guy that'll go in first and do the dirty work for him and Kleenex gets to Rome and no shock to me at least, he's dropping one point twos. She's the issue. Yeah. All, all I gotta say is what game three of Toronto over the optic. Dashi up five? <laughs> yeah, Dashi <laughs> Dashi was struggling in this match though. Like every every map he I mean he went ten and seven in the search. He was hitting some snipes. I don't mm-hmm. know if I remember. Oh no, I'm thinking of their second series. But he was he was playing um okay in the search, but the hard point in the control, it was rough out there. I mean, Dashi just he like especially on the hotel, was it the hard point? I don't remember what map it was. It was both maps. I mean, both respawns were on hotel, but it seemed like every gunfight I got in, he was like getting joked, like he'd make a guy one bullet die, one bullet die, one bullet die. And it was like it didn't feel like he was playing that bad, but obviously he he was. He, Overall in the series dropped a point six three, probably the worst KD we'll see from Dashi in quite some time. Um, an off day. Yeah, but it just seemed like yeah, it was an off day for him, and that's not to take credit away from Toronto. Obviously, they they earned this win. Dashi just being slightly off did not cause them to get smoked. Like it was more than mm-hmm. that. They just were the better team. Yeah. But Toronto, impressive. Um, let's talk about optics since we started to talk about them. They had a you know an up and down weekend. Obviously, we've talked about the Toronto series, we don't have to talk about that too much more, but then they came out and they did the exact opposite against a Minnesota Rocker team who is mightily struggling right now. Optic came out and they smoked them 3-0. Um, 250 to 111 in the hard points, 6-1 in the search, and then a 3-2 control, which is misleading because it was a fortress control, which is basically a guaranteed 3-2. Yeah. Um, but that map was pretty dominant as well. It was like a 30-minute series. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the control was dominant. Like You look at the numbers across the board. Optic dominated that control. It's, it's just a, a fortress, so it's like a... Yeah, it's not a th- if if you three one somebody on Fortress, that's dominant. Yeah, it's auto auto lock two basically. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, optics looking, you know, b- good bounce back win. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I'm a little concerned with that Toronto series, but it could have just been an anomaly, I guess. Um, people were really concerned with Ghosty, but you know, in this series. He looked pretty good. He had a 1.16. He sounded very good in the comms. His damage numbers are way lower than everybody else on the team, though, mm-hmm. um, which might be a little concerning. His engagements are also even lower than Dashy's. Uh, I'm a little concerned by that. That's something to watch going forward. But his communication sounded very good. He's settling into the team. Might take some time. Um, he flashed his talent this weekend, though. Dashy pulled the sniper in the second S&D there, the, the CeeLo S&D. Interesting to see because, you know, we saw early in the year, Illy was always sniping. We thought Ghosty yeah. might snipe. So... I'm interested to see how that wrinkle plays going forward because they were talking about it on broadcast. Like it would be very interesting to see a team that switches snipers in mid game. Like you have Dashy sniping, so whenever you see Dashy, you think he's going to have the sniper in a certain position. But then the next round, you switch it up and Ghosty's got it over on the other side of the map. Like it could be an interesting dynamic to you know switch it up, or they could run the patent Brock special, the double sniper meta. Oh, what you know about the double sniper meta? <laughs> hey, that's your thing. Yeah, that's. Main Josh's thing. <laughs> yeah. Um Attach also joined the agency in this one. He did. He he joined the donut club. <laughs> yeah. I actually misread something. Like there was a stat earlier. It was like Attach joined the agency with like three other players, but the way it was worded and how like I was just reading it quickly as I was scrolling, it made it sound like Attach joined it for the fourth time this season. I was like, there is no way Attach <laughs> has four donuts. He's too icy to have that. And I was like, I read it again and I was like, okay, I read it wrong. He's the fourth player to have a donut, but like the first time I saw it, I thought it said he had four, and I was like, "There is no way." If he had four, maybe maybe that's why they're struggling. <laughs> yeah, but um, I guess let's talk about them too. We're just kind of you know flying through teams, but 
Rocker, man. Um, we only got to see him in the one match this weekend, but they got smoked. They're now 0-3 in qualifiers, and their sets of losses aren't like the most forgiving losses either. Like they lost to subliners and surge, who are pretty decent teams. Obviously, like subliners are a top team. Surge seem to be hitting form again. Um, and then they lose to Optic, but like you want to at least see them show signs of life versus like Surge, they got smoked, and then versus Optic, they get smoked. Like they're coming off a top four finish or a top three finish. So like we would expect them to show signs of life, and they're not. They're just getting rolled. Yeah, just the consistency is just why why can't they be consistent? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I know it's it can't be can't be struggling. Yeah, I mean like going back here on this stage, they lost the search um to New York six one and six five. So on that series it was a twelve to six um round count and they lost six one in the search against Surge and against Optic. So I mean, what does that make them? That makes them eighteen. What it was twelve and six. Yeah. They lost both six one, so that's another twelve to two. So they're what twenty four, um, twenty four round losses to what is that six there, and then two this week. So eight twenty four round losses. They're eight and twenty four in search rounds. Yeah, that's just not going to cut it for this team. On a team, team, I know different rosters, but their bread and butter has always been search and destroy. Yeah. Hmm. They're and struggling. when I look at this roster, they should be good at respawn. But I mean, ideally with players like Cami, Attach, Bance, and then an opener like Afro, you should be at least a middle of the pack search team, at least. Yeah, you don't have to be the best. <laughs> but but they shouldn't be the worst. You shouldn't be getting smoked by Surge, who for the longest time was setting records of how bad they were at Surge. <laughs> Literally, 0 and 11. Yeah, I mean, this, this rocker team, as much as we want to have hope for them, and, you know, I mean, I have their skin in game. Um, there is hope. Uh, I'm a rocker had, guy, but man, it's getting harder and harder to have hope for them. They're they're, they're animals. I maybe they got like last at the first land though. That one didn't count. They're, they're, it was the first time they all played together. All right, all right. Um, but, but maybe it's time for a coaching change potentially. It's been time for a coaching change <laughs> for a long time. Yeah, they've sucked overall. Besides one major where they had a, a crazy comeback. Yeah, the uh, to win by. five straight maps besides mm-hmm. one major where they did that and they did decent at champs after that they've been awful apart from that and they've had the same coach the whole time i mean i did they have i can't remember if they had brian saint mw but i know you didn't watch mw a ton because of how bad that game was but oh my god minnesota started the year like pretty good and they made like a final and then they went on a streak i swear to god for three months they didn't win a match they had like ASIM and GodRx, and they eventually benched GodRx for Exceed. But I can't remember if Brian Saint was still the coach at that time, like in MW. I'm pretty sure he was, but it was the most horrendous thing. Like I remember in MW, they had a streak where they literally like it was like, oh, Minnesota's playing. I mean, that was a lock. It was like every week you just pick against them, and that was your guaranteed like lock. Ease. They were so bad, and I'm pretty sure he was the coach then. And besides that one, like if imagine if they don't win that one major, imagine his tenure. Yeah. Like, imagine if they just get close out 5 0 in that final. It'd be looking a little different, I think, right now. <laughs> Everybody would be questioning how he has a job. I, I don't get it. Um, yeah. He's holding to the one, one turn he win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What other team you want to touch on now? I want to talk about a uh, little LA Thieves action from this weekend. They had an impressive weekend, a weekend that I needed to see out of them. And now I'm, I'm starting to regain my faith in them. 
The Thieves? Yeah, they take out Seattle 3-1, which we both picked Seattle in that match, and we thought it was a trap match for them, but they took them out after taking out FaZe last week, so mm-hmm. LA Thieves on a little good, a little good run here. Um, taking out Seattle, which wouldn't have been as impressive a little bit ago, but Seattle has started to pick it up and look okay in the split. I definitely, you know, they were locked in that day, I guess. These yeah. Were. <laughs> yeah, Kenny. Kenny had a very good series. I remember in that map one, Kenny was like the only guy shooting back. Um, he dropped a 1.4 in the map one, 25 and 18. The rest of his teammates, 11 and 20 for Draza, 11 and 22 for Octane, 15 and 27 for Envoy. I remember mm-hmm. watching that map and there was like one point where Kenny had like 20 kills and the rest of his team was below 10. Like, he was the only one awake for map one and then they came out and won three straight. It was a close, close set of maps though. Mm-hmm. Um, and accuracy at a 0.7 in the series, which caused a lot of people to come out uh, and call him out. And then we can talk a little bit, unless yeah. you have anything to say about Thieves, like just a good win from them um, to see them beat a, good and, online, you know, a resurgent surge team. Yeah, a good online win for them. Usually they like to troll online sometimes. <laughs> yeah, usually they just like to not try. Yeah, not locked in, but you know, they're there. Good for them. Absolutely. And then on the side of Surge, what I was going to mention with them is, you know, accuracy getting roasted on Twitter and then people came to his defense. They lose, you know, some decently close maps. It wasn't a terrible series for them against them. It was like it was a winnable series, just didn't didn't close things out. And then later on, they play Florida and accuracy had a little bit better of a series was around a point nine, um, had a couple good maps here. They lost map one um, and then come back. You know, accuracy had a very good control. He was popping at moments there and had a one point five. In that map, and then had some nice hill time at a 1.1 almost in the final map. Um, the hard point where they kind of smoked them on Embassy. But overall, on Twitter, we see Pred, Sib, uh, their coach, Phoenix, defending the man, saying, like, you don't know what he brings to a team yep. and all that, um, which, you know, you and I have been preaching for a long time. Do we think there are players that could replace accuracy and be better on the team? Absolutely. Uh, and we have spoken about that. But at the same time, to discount accuracy and say that he is a terrible player is just not true. Like, like we said, why do we think Pred came into the league and dominated from the start? Um, one, mostly because of his talent. He has crazy talent, but Lamar definitely played a part in that. Accuracy definitely played a part in Sib and Pred coming in and, you know, yeah. having such a fast jump start to their career when they were able to learn from somebody um, as smart and fundamental about the game as accuracy. Like, he plays a part in this roster. Is he the best main AR in the league? No, nobody's saying that. But people like to slander him like he is the absolute worst. Like, brings a lot to a team, and that's maybe the reason we're seeing Seattle and Peru on top of obviously Sib and Pred playing like MVPs. Yeah, I fully agree. Agassi is just literally the Draymond of the of the Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all the superstars around him, but like randomly he'll make that big play. Yeah, um, it is like equivalent to Draymond too, because Draymond's big plays come through like dirty work, a steal, a hustle play, a good pass. Um, fighting for an extra rebound or something, which is kind of like accuracy's COD game, like yeah. hill time, dropping a point nine, dirty work, sitting in the hill for you, sitting on an objective, camping ahead, getting a rotation, like dirty work stuff that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Yeah, he'll get in the hill, and he'll go, yo, Pred, go kill. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> other thing with Pred though in the Seattle team, like I saw a thing today arguing like should he be the MVP? It was like he's top three in literally every stat category you can count. My thoughts are we're going to need to Seattle, uh, see Seattle be a lot better. They're currently the eighth seed on the fringe of making champs and mm-hmm. haven't made much noise since they finished second um, at the first major. So, like to me, I'm gonna I'm gonna say we need to see Seattle probably win an event or get a lot more top twos. And, you know, work their way into like the top four, top five teams. 
probably because it's tough to give MVP to a guy uh, on a non-contending team. Yeah. Do but I think it, Pred is an MVP candidate? 100%. Could he win MVP? 100%. But just based on criteria of, you know, what people would normally say it has to be a contending team, he probably doesn't qualify, but he certainly is playing like one. Definitely. Seven Pred go crazy. <laughs> um, what else you got on them? Anything else you want to move on? Not really. I, they, they were... They were they did lose, but, you know, they did beat Florida. Yeah, and let's talk about Florida. We don't have too many more teams to talk about. I don't really, there's a few teams I don't even like, like LAG. I don't really care to talk about them anymore. Uh, anymore. We can talk about teams like Boston and Florida. You know, Vegas kind of lumped them all up. Um, but I guess, you know, let's do that. Let's talk about that, like, grouping of teams. The Florida, Boston, um, Vegas grouping of teams. Florida this weekend, uh, they come out. Get an impressive win over Boston 3-1, and then obviously, like we just talked about, lose to Surge 3-1. Um, Vegas lost to FaZe in a 3-1 fashion. Um, played them relatively competitive, you know, that first map, and then got rolled off the face of the earth the final few maps. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Boston, like we said, they 3-0'd LAG and lost to Florida. So overall, those grouping of teams that are kind of in our, our could-they-contend-maybe category, but they're more towards the bottom. Boston impressed me. I'm looking forward to what they can do on land. The loss to Florida is tough, but they've shown me enough flashes. They're they're a growing team. Mm-hmm. On the side of Florida, I'm impressed with what I saw. Like a win over Boston was good. They were at least able to stay competitive with Seattle. I, I think this Florida team has some potential to be like a dark horse coming up at the next major, depending on where they finish. Unfortunately for them, they're probably going to be in losers bracket. Yeah, but I think I, they have like dark horse potential because I Capsidal and Havoc can pop off and outplay some sub duos on the right day. Mm-hmm. And you know, Fellow brings a lot of intangibles. I think this team sucks at search right now, but I see how they can improve and like if they improve their search. They have enough talent to steal a respawn. Like they could become the Neslo team again at this tournament. Yeah, definitely. Brack's pretty steady, man. Yeah, absolutely. And he, he has his pop off moments as well, but like. The main thing for that team is that subduo. I do think Capsidal and Havoc, you know, for a team paying the minimum, is almost as talented of a subduo as you can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for paying that, definitely. Yeah. Like if you're telling me that you're going to pay the minimum, and you told me your subs were going to be Cap and Havoc, I'd be like, okay, you somehow finessed a pretty good subduo while paying the minimum. I'll take that for the price. <laughs> yeah, like is it the best subduo in the league? No, absolutely not. If I, if you were telling me you were paying like one of the highest in the league, I'd say you're faded. Why are you paying that? But like considering that those two are probably likely on the minimum or close to it. I mean, Capsidal, I could argue you could put him on a top four team, the right players. And I think that they could win events. Like I think Capsidal is that good. I'm that high in him. And I also think Havoc, we really like to bash him for, you know, the joke on land. But Havoc's a pretty good player, especially on the mm-hmm. minimum. Like he he can he's a winning player. You can you can win with Havoc on your team. Um but yeah, that's that's about all I've got for matches on the weekend. You know, we didn't maybe touch on every team as much as we'd like to, but it's it's tough. You don't want to make the podcast go forever. Yeah, it was it was just a trap game for uh, Boston against Florida because Capital Revenge Tour. Yeah, really also, <laughs> can we talk about how I mean, on Friday it was three three O's, on Saturday it was a three O and three three ones, and then Sunday it was a three O a three one, and then finally a map five in the the toilet bowl series. Ravens versus LAG. Absolutely, like, no map fives this split. Even in the first set, the first game, we had, what, one, two, three map fives. And then this weekend, we had one. So four map fives out of, what, like, 15-plus matches? Yeah. 
not a lot of Mat fives. It's just interesting because usually in like you know a Vanguard or a, an MW two where skill gap is maybe very limited, you see a lot of matches just go to a Mat five. Yeah, Vanguard is game five every every day, every yeah. match. <laughs> so interesting to see. Maybe we're seeing some separation between teams that a lot of the the better teams or, or certain teams are tending to close things out in four or less. Mm-hmm. Good to see. All right, let's dive into let's dive into predictions. Our final thing for the weekend. We got an update on the score, Brock. You're blowing your lead that you had. You had a decent lead. Uh, LAG. Heading into, heading into the weekend. Yeah, LAG, your your allegiance to LAG is really screwing you over. You were up 9-3, to three, a six-point lead. Um, we remind you guys every week, but how we do it is we pick a team, we pick the series count, we put either one or two points on it, and if we get it right, we get the amount of points that we put on it. If we get it wrong, we lose that amount of points. So if you put two points on it, it's a higher risk. You gain two points for getting it right, but you also lose two points for getting it wrong. Um, Puts a little bit more weight onto matches. And then if you get the correct series count for the winning team, you get a bonus point. Um, and then each week, we can put four points on one match. Um, you can only use one team. So if Brock uses phase, I cannot use them. Who's ever losing at the time can veto the other person's four-pointer if they're going to use that team. So last week, that was me. Now, currently, I took the lead. I gained mm-hmm. four points this week. Brock had a rough one because of LAG. He picked them and lost like six points off them alone. Because he put four on one of their matches, you know, the LAG stand. So Brock was at a negative three this week, putting him at six for this split um, and me at seven. So really close because, I mean, in our other ones, it was a three point game going into or a six point game going into the final week of major one for major two. It was kind of a blowout. Uh, I was up by 10 going into the final week and I ended up finishing with I don't think my record will be broken. I finished with 22 in major two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm at seven, you're at six, so we'd have to have an insane week for one of us to break that. We'd have to basically go perfect. Um, yeah. But a one-point game, the closest it's been. I'm up one going into this week. That means you have the advantage if you end up wanting to pick, uh, let's say, for an example, a team that we're not going to use. Let's say you wanted to pick London for four points, um, and I ended up picking them for four points in the first series. You could veto me and say, no, I'm going to pick them later or something. But yeah, let's... Let's dive into predictions. Uh, a lot of people were calling this Friday the absolute snoozer weekend of the year for matches. It's a, it's an interesting one. We got a lot of the bottom teams, probably our, our bottom four teams, are all playing that day, um, and then even the other two teams are you know more middle of the pack. First match of the day, we got Seattle versus London. Who you got? Seattle, Kobe Shaq, stand no chance. Um, three zero. Yeah, three zero. Seattle 3 0. Is that, is that a four pointer right away? You're just going to get it over with? I'm trying to look at all these. Um, <laughs> no, no. Uh, no, no. Three, I'll do a two points, though. I got an all interesting right. one for my four pointer. I was going to say, usually, like, phase is like a lock for four pointer, but they only have one match this week, and it's not like a, a lock in bottom team. They're playing optics. So, phase yeah. might not get picked for their four pointer. I was actually like, somewhat thinking of using this as my four-pointer and i might go back and use it as my four-pointer if you use it on the other match i was going to use it on because i think you will so like you're going to put two points on this one you said with a 3-0 uh, seattle yeah i'm also going to say seattle but i want to separate myself in map count i'm going to give london a map i'm going to say it's a seattle 3-1 i'm going to put two points on this if you end up picking my other series that I want to put four on, which to me, it seems like the most obvious series to do it, which so I think you might, I might come back and change this one to a four pointer. 
Okay. Sounds weird to bet on Seattle like that, but I might come back and change it if you do. But for now, I'm putting two points on them. And we're moving on to Minnesota versus Vegas. A little bit ago, might have seemed like a lock for Minnesota, but they have struggled. So can they turn around here versus Vegas? Or you think you think Vegas is going to take them out? I mean, I think right now when I saw it, there's Vegas is sitting at eighth. They have a chance to be in winners. Um, and I mean, they're eighth, I'm pretty sure, or like right up there and you couldn't ask for a better situation for Vegas to potentially make it. They're playing a struggling Minnesota team, and then they play mm-hmm. LAG. So, yeah. yeah, Vegas is an eighth right now. They have the inside track um, to make it to winner's bracket. Like, if there was ever a time for them to make it to winner's bracket, you get a struggling Minnesota, and then you get to play LAG. Like, this is their time to make it. Time to shine. Let's go clean, Donny. Yeah, absolutely. What you uh, got here? Uh, Vegas, baby. Three to two. I like it. Vegas three two. Um, DJ Hallie, put one two four, two two, two points on it. All right, I actually, I'm in sync with you so far. I'm also going to go Vegas in the three two. I'm only going to put one point on it though. I'm going to be a little less confident because I do, you know, always have that random bias towards Minnesota. I like to, I like to see. I think we haven't talked about this too much lately, but I think you and I might head down to Madison. We have uh, my college roommate lives in Madison. We might head down to Madison on April first. Um, Minnesota's playing a match down in Madison, which is only like an hour or something away from us, like relatively close. Yeah. They're playing like that match against like LAG in Florida or whatever they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we might, we might head on down there, watch that match. We can see Minnesota in person potentially again, but in this series, I'm going Vegas three, two as well. Only putting one point on it, but I don't know. This seems like a trap match. It seems like it's too easy to pick Vegas because of how bad Minnesota's looked. And Minnesota might just randomly come out and hit form. Yeah, who knows, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, next match. Got an interesting <laughs> one. It's a battle of two teams that you seem to like a lot. So this is a battle of your boys. Florida versus LAG. LAG is repeatedly screwing you over. While you like do this, I'm going to go back and see how many points you've lost on LAG this year. I don't th- I don't think I ever won with LAG. I oh, I actually once. just... Hold up. I actually just clicked that major one week one, and you picked them to beat Seattle 3-2 in week one. And... You got it right. Map count and everything. <laughs> like a lot in me. Then since then, you picked them wrong against London. And you put eight points on it when you're doing eight points. You lost. So what? You gain negative four off them total. Um, then in the next week, you put eight on them again to 3-0 NYSL. <laughs> so they, gave, they got you to negative 12. Um, then you picked them to beat Boston, which they did. And you got the map count correct. So that puts you at negative 10 on them. Then you put four points on them the next week uh, to beat Florida. They didn't. So that puts you at negative 14. Um, then the next week, you, let's see. Did you pick against them this week? You finally picked against them, and they won. Yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> against Minnesota. So you're at negative uh, 14 if we're not counting your wins. We're saying your wins that you picked them in. But you did pick against them uh, incorrectly that time. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you picked them finally to lose to Atlanta. So, okay, good. But then you picked them to win and they lost against Toronto. So negative 15. Then in week one of major three here, you pick them to be optic, which they lost to get you to negative 16. Uh, and then last week you put two points on them to beat Boston, um, which they did not do to get you to negative 18. And then you put four on them to beat London, which they lost. So, um, in times you've picked LAG to win, they have gotten you negative 22 points. Big um, LAG fan, Stan. In total on the year, you were at four. 
So LAG, if you were just picked against them correctly every time, you would be like crushing me. But you just repeatedly picked them for whatever reason. I can't. Pick Are you going to do it again? Yeah. You're going to pick them again? Three to two, LAG, RCDs. Oh my God. I think you got to put four points on it just for the culture. No, I'm putting four points on a different culture one. I'll okay. put two, though. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll put you LAG 3 2, and I'm going to take Florida. I'm also going to say 3 2. I think this would be another toilet bowl type match. I'm going to put two on it, though. I, for whatever reason, have had a lot of faith in this Florida roster since I saw it form. I just like the idea of this sub duo, and I like the idea of the AR duo. Even I think that they have a lot better comms, and I think they're going to keep improving. I think it might mm-hmm. take a little bit of time, but I, I just like this sub duo a lot for whatever reason. I'm a big capsule guy. Um, I like this team. I'm going to put two points on Florida winning 3 2. And let's move Blake. it on to Saturday. LIT versus Minnesota. Minnesota, a legit chance to go 0-5 in this split. Um, they could lose to Vegas and LIT. I would not be shocked. This um, might be a, a trap game. Might be a trap game for which end? LIT? LIT. I'm picking Minnesota. All right. 3-1. What you, 3-1, okay. LIT is going to be, be rusty on that day for whatever reason. First match. Then my troll, because it's Minnesota. I went from their own... Potentially be 0 4 so far. Yeah. Yep. Desperation mode. They wouldn't even have a chance to make winners at that point. They probably would have a small chance if they win both matches this week, depending on like map counts. Mm-hmm. If they like 3 0 both teams, I would think maybe they'd have a small chance to make it. Wow. What are you going for points here on this one? I'll do 3 1, and then I'll, still, I'll do one point since I've been doing two for everyone so far. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go opposite of you. I do agree with you that this could be a trap game. I think LAT win this one 3 I'm going to put 3 I was going to say 3-1, but I just noticed we just talked about how many 3-0s have happened, and I've picked zero 3 so far. I'm also only going to go one point on this one, though, because I do think, like you said, this has trap game written all over it, especially if Minnesota's 0-4. LAT might be overlooking them, maybe trying all map pool stuff if they have their spot in winners basically wrapped up. You know, Could overlook them. Minnesota's still a team with talent despite all the struggles they've had, so I'm a little scared of them but I'm going to go LAT 3-0, only one point because of that trap match. Nature. Yep. And we move on. Got your boys, Brock. LAG, they're back at it again. Your last chance to put four points on them here. They're back. In this split. And they're playing Vegas. It's a winnable match. LAG has two very winnable matches this week. They get to play Vegas um, and Florida. Going back, I want to go back to that standings tweet. They have zero points. They're 0-3, but hey, Two winnable matches this week. You never know what happens to the teams above them. Vegas is one of the teams above them. Mm-hmm. Possible they claw their way into winners. I think they're still mathematically alive, but probably almost almost dead. You got them beating. Um, you got to beat an LAG here. Or are you taking your boys LAG? Oh, you can go first. I'm really debating. <laughs> I just, I don't know. It just seems like it's never a good idea to pick Vegas uh, twice in one week, which is what I'd be doing if I picked them here, but also, like, picking LIG is always a bad match, um, <laughs> aka your negative 22 that you have on picking them to win this year. Um, man, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to take Vegas here just because I like them so much more and I want them to win. Um, however, I don't feel good about it at all, so it's going to be a, a Vegas 3-2 Vegas Neslos them. And I'm only going to put one point on this one as well, just because I just 
don't feel confident in either of these teams, so putting one point feels right. I'm doing the same exact thing as you. That's what I was thinking of before. You're going to do Vegas 3-2? Yeah. TJ Hall is too much. Game 5, icing up. Vegas 3-2. You put in one point, two points, four points. I put one point. Okay. I got like you beating Florida. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be... I mean, it would be pretty characteristic of you actually to just pick them twice because that's what you like to do is just pick LAG. Um, yeah. <laughs> See, let's move on. I, I didn't pick him. Then another win. <laughs> oh, probably they'll they'll get smoked by Florida and then like smoke Vegas. Now that you picked against them, yeah. Um, let's jump to London versus Toronto, though. Um, who you got in this one? I, I'm assuming I know who you have in this one, unless you want to pull some crazy upset. Rio, Toronto, they're Diffie on land. Give me two points. Online, you mean? Yeah, so I meant online, not land. <laughs> Rio, you said? Not, yeah. Okay. Scrappy on, online. It's pretty, pretty diffy. All right, you put in one, two, four? Uh, two. Oh, thank God you saved me. This is the match I thought you were going to put four on. I'm putting four on this one. Toronto, 3-0. I actually don't feel great about them 3-0-ing, but like I said, I haven't been picking enough 3-0s for how many are happening, and this seems like a prime candidate. So Toronto, 3-0. Although... I will say, London, like I mentioned already, they beat LAG in that toilet bowl, and then they did look really good against FaZe. Like, they legitimately could have 3-0'd. Every map was just, like, right at the brink, and they lost it. Mm-hmm. So, London did look a lot better this week with the role change. You know, Nasty was running an AR. Paul was running a sub, which is an interesting little swap. But um, they did look very improved. I mean, taking FaZe to the brink on every map is is not an easy thing to do. They're a very good team. So, I, I'm a little worried London could win maps, but... With the way Toronto's looked and London has been so bad all year, it's it's hard not to put four points on them. I thought you were going to do it guaranteed, but I'll go Toronto 3-0 and put four on it because the rest of the matches, I don't see a very good candidate. Um, Optic yeah. versus New York and Optic versus Atlanta doesn't have a great candidate. New York and Seattle doesn't seem great. Maybe LAT over Boston, but like none of the matches to me are great four-pointers, but clearly you saw one you liked because your four points is still left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Man. final match of Saturday. Optic versus New York. The, the last four matches this weekend are bangers. Optic, New York, New York, Seattle, um, Optic, Phase, and then Thieves, Boston. Mm-hmm. Great matches. Man. I will take New York. Three to one. One point. New York, three one with one point on it. All right. This is, I mean, as far as the matches from this weekend up to this point, this might be the biggest toss-up to me. Um, I really still like this New York team, I think, because of a couple losses here and there. People are starting to really overlook them and their finish at Major 2. Um, mm-hmm. I also think people are starting to overlook Optic a little bit. I think maybe they're not as much because of the good match they ended on. Um, but they really got smoked against Toronto, and I think that made people start to overlook them. But you know, right now, Hook and Shotzi. I mean, Hook just had like posted Damn. his best like back-to-back. Um, KD's in a series. Shotzi had like a 1.3. They look incredible on the map together. Um, I think they're only improving, and apparently their scrims look fantastic. And I still have a ton of faith in New York. These are two teams that I really like. I could see making top four runs at the major. I'm gonna take Optic in this series. I'm gonna say they three one. I'm gonna put two on it because I do feel confident in Optic winning. I don't feel super confident in the three one. I just I just like Optic to win this series especially because we know their backs are probably going to be 
against the wall coming into this one. I mean, they are at seventh in the standings at only 20 points. Need to get probably one win. Could potentially make it if they lose both matches this weekend in close map counts. Um, but one would solidify them in winner's bracket because it would put them at three series wins. Um, yep. I'm going to say they win 3-1. It's a tight match, though. I don't feel super confident about it. It'll be a good, a good match to watch. All right. Then we got those New York boys we just talked about kicking off Sunday against Seattle. Potential banger on the cards here. Hydra versus Pred. Potentially the matchup of the two best subs in the league right now. Mm-hmm. We um, got here. Kobe and Shaq take over. Three to one. Two points. Two get the points. Re- kind of get, re- get the re- revenge from the major one loss. Interesting. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go the opposite way. I definitely considered picking Seattle. I really like the way that their team looks right now. I'm going to say New York beats them in a 3-1 fashion. I think New York um, drops map one and then takes three straight. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put only one point on it because I've been putting, like like we said, a lot of two points. We got the four-pointer out there already. I'm going to only put one because I do think this is a tight series. Might be a lot of one-pointers for the rest of these matches because they all do seem very close. Maybe get a little conservative on you. Um, yeah. Sunday would be your swing day because obviously you've got a four pointer coming up, so you're gonna have a lot more points on Sunday than I am. But I'm gonna go New York three one. I think this is a tight series, but I think they're just overall the better team and more consistent team. All right, Optic versus Atlanta, the heavyweight battle, the battle we always like to watch. Who you got? Yeah, man, this is a Optic Texas three to okay. two. So you picked them to lose to New York and you're game, f- game five ice days. three, two. How many points is this going to be your four pointer is the next one? Uh, I'll put one only one. So your four points is going Dash, on thieves. Dash, you just go off again. Like last time. Think. Yeah. Dash, you got something on phase. <laughs> I actually have an interesting take on this one. I'm picking phase to Neslo optic. Oh, okay. I think Atlanta's going to lose both the hard points, but pull out the series. I'm going to put two points on it. Go bold because I mm-hmm. like Atlanta. You know, I always say you can never go wrong picking Atlanta and putting your maximum amount of points on them because they win like 75 plus percent of their series in the CDL era. They don't lose a lot of them. Um, yeah, it's never a bad bet. I do think Optic certainly has a chance in the series. The one thing I will say is I think Optic Search is maybe going to take a little bit of time to come around. They've been OK at times in the mode. They looked really good against Minnesota. Um, blew a, a big lead against Toronto, but looked very good before they blew the five-two lead. Yeah, um, <laughs> in that search. So I think they have a lot of potential in search, but I think it's going to take a little bit of time. I mean, they lost Illy, an incredible asset in search and destroy. Um, maybe take a little bit of time for them to pick it up. So I think mm-hmm. literally Atlanta, a very good control team, is going to be able to win the control and then squeak out two searches. Because even if Optics very good at search, Atlanta is literally on the best run of search we've ever seen in the CDL era. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna go bold and say Phase is gonna net slow them three two putting two points in and Atlanta they got they got the snaker yeah pink snake yeah, yeah that was that snake on um <laughs> that back truck on um embassy P two against Clay yeah. was just ridiculous you just snaking for like thirty seconds straight in that gunfight pink snake and the anti cheat this they say yeah. <laughs> unreal unreal scenes um. Yeah. Our final match of Sunday. LAT versus Boston. You've got four points on the line to put on one of these teams. Who are you going with? 
LAT 3-0. Wow. Four LAT points. Four points on it. <laughs> yep. Okay, I'm kind of going to look. So on the first day, we only picked LAG and Florida different. So there's a point swing there. We picked two matches different on Saturday. So there's potential point swings there. We picked both matches different on Sunday. So big point swings. You know what? I'm going to make it fun. I'm going to pick Boston. I'm going to pick Boston to three. You know what? Screw it. You pick 3-0. I'll pick Boston 3-0. Boston 3-0. I like it. One single point on it. I don't feel confident at all. I do think Boston could win. I, li- I like the way they look with beans, and I think you know they're going to be going all out. Um, chance to really seal up winner's bracket here um, for both teams, most likely. But I like Boston a lot. I have liked this team for a while. I've been talking about it, but um, Thieves, you know, they tend to you know overlook teams online, especially in the final match of the final week of qualifiers. Thieves might be really having their eyes on land. Yeah. And overlooking this online match in Boston, you know, a team that is newly formed is going to be taking every match as serious as it can be. So and, I am uh, going to... Uh, day to day for LAT. <laughs> yeah, 100%. They could come out and look like the champs winners. Or they could come out and look like uh, LAG instead of LAT. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Boston 3-0, putting one point on it. But we've got a lot of swing matches. I mean, we picked, like I said, one match different the first day, two different the second day, and all three opposite the third day so definitely going to be a probably a pretty wide margin of victory for whoever wins since we're basically tied coming into this week i'm only up one point so most likely unless things go kind of haywire it's probably gonna be pretty uh pretty lopsided unless i know unless maybe our matches that were different on split but there's definitely a chance for somebody to blow somebody out if we get like all of our split matches correct one of us yeah Mm -hmm. all right that's pretty much all we got, unless you got anything else you want to talk about. We went about an hour, so we can get the, the people out of here in about 60 minutes. Um, no, not really, besides Dollar Dame dropped 71. Oh my god, yeah, he dropped 71 on our, our friends' Rockets. They suck. Um, too bad it was a Sunday night Blazers-Rockets game in late February, so literally I, I nobody cared that. about it. <laughs> yeah. I, it was two bad teams playing in, on a Sunday night of all days in late February when, you know, we kind of already know our playoff teams are mm-hmm. the contenders and neither of those teams are contenders. So, yeah, that was yeah. unfortunate time for him to drop it. But, yeah, Dame's unreal. But he, he's trapped in Portland. Yeah. I also saw a tweet. It said, will, will we ever see a 100 point in our lifetime? <laughs> I, you know what? I think Is we it, might. I, I think it's, it's possible since what, Dame shot like 38 times only. And, like, I don't know if it'll be anybody, like, that's currently in the NBA, but, like, I got to believe that Steph Curry changed the world and every single kid, all they try to do is shoot threes and perfect the art of shooting threes. Yeah. So I got to believe that, like, all the kids that are trying to be Steph Curry, one of those dudes is about to drop 100 in, like, 15 years from now when he's in the league. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the drop day. Yeah, when everybody's coming out shooting like Steph, which... I exaggerate because that won't happen. Steph will probably forever be the greatest shooter or one of the greatest shooters of all time. Um, but yeah, I, I think it could happen at some point. I mean, Wilt did it shooting only twos and, you know, free throws and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think I it could so. happen at some point. I could see like even like a guy like Luca if he just gets on fire with that step back. But people are some people joking that Luca is not in good enough shape to play all 48 and score 100. I'm sure he is. <laughs> um, I don't know, though. That, that's, a, that's a good question. I think we could see it at some point. Yeah, just need to be the right circumstances within the game. It's going to be a different style, though. It's not going to be like the Wilt style of posting people up and dunking on you. It's going to be some guy launching and hitting 18 threes. Yeah. 
It needed to be like uh, the, uh, the the Clippers and Kings game, like 170 apiece. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely true. I saw, I was mind blown. I wasn't watching the game at all, but I was mind blown when I saw it was 176 to 175 final. I was man. like, what happened in that game? I know, man. I really wanted that one team to score 200 just to see that number. <laughs> what, it went to double overtime? Yeah, I think it went to double. Yeah, double overtime. Even for double overtime, that's kind of high, though. Usually, like, a, a single OT game will even go into, like, the 130s, maybe, and double OT maybe hits, like, 140s, but 170 for double OT is still crazy. Yeah, I think the regulation score is, like, 153 to 153 or something. Yeah, zero there. defense being played. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, other than that, I got nothing. That's wild stuff. Um, yeah, that is going to do it for this one, though. If you guys enjoyed on YouTube, like we always say, be sure to leave a like, comment, uh, most importantly, comment and subscribe. Um, we want to hear your thoughts down below, and we also want to hit our goal of a thousand, which we are approaching quickly. Hopefully, able to hit that soon. If you guys are on the audio platforms, drop a follow, drop a five star review. See if we can break a, a third record. Two episodes ago, broke the record for most listens on audio platforms, and then the most recent episode broke that uh, episode's record. Back to back record breakers over there. So, in a slow time on YouTube, I guess you guys on the audio platforms are really enjoying it. So, shout out to you guys. Like I said. Kind of the forgotten child over there sometimes on the audio platforms. It's like we focus so much on YouTube and um, you know, mm. sometimes uploading on Anchor and distributing it to other platforms gets lost in the shuffle because it's not as accessible to like reply to comments or interact with people. But um, you guys listening over there, if you're still listening, you're killing it. We appreciate it. Drop that five-star review on whatever platform you are listening on. Um, and yeah, that's going to do it for this one. We'll see you guys next week with more reactions. But most importantly, reactions will be kind of cut down. We'll be giving our predictions for the major we've had some rough goes in predicting majors and predicting brackets so we're going to try to improve on that um thank you guys so much for watching and we will see you in the next one